Warning, this podcast contains explicit sexual language and should only be listened to at work if you're looking for an excuse to connect with your HR representative. Additionally, all mentions of the word women include cis, trans, envy, genderqueer, genderfluid, and those still figuring it out. Yes, you. You are welcome here. Will you open up with me? These pages, they can feed your innermost desires. Do you feel inspired? Are you getting what you need? Are you coming curiously? A secret safe with me. And here you can simply be yourself. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to Jace Reads Romance. This is Jace, she, they, and you're here with our community that empowers women, cis, trans, NB. If you want to be here, I want you here about sex and sexuality through the reading of romance novels. I am so excited today to welcome my guest, Shayna Somerville, an incredible audiobook narrator who has quite a few romance novels under her belt to talk about what it's like to give voice to these novels that we read to bring these characters to life and to maybe step out of their own comfort zone. So Shayna, please introduce yourself and say hi to our incredible community. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Shayna Somerville as Jace so kindly introduced me. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Uh, yeah, I've been doing audiobook narration since 2018. As we're speaking right now, I am at about 140 audiobooks total. Not all of those are romance, but a good portion for the past couple of years has been. Amazing. I'm so excited and I hope all of you Google, search, Bing, whatever you do to find her books. So the conversation today is going to really focus on your journey into narrating romance novels. So Shana, did you read romance novels before you started narrating them? I did a little bit. It wasn't necessarily my go-to genre, um, but I did read some generally more like the sweet, cozy romance sort of feel. Um, but I had some that were a little more spicy. So it was more the occasional fluffy, guilty pleasure reading. Than your normal reading. I love that. So what were your expectations when you first started narrating the, especially the steamier, since that's primarily mm -hmm. what we talk about, the steamier romance novels? Ah, <sighs> expectations. I'm not sure that I necessarily had many extreme expectations. I don't know that I knew fully what to expect. <laughs> um, but the first romance book that I narrated was a hockey romance. It did have a couple of spicy scenes. They weren't terribly spicy, I'll say. Like now I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty tame. But for my first time needing to be like, okay, I'm going to perform this out loud for <laughs> people, I'm like, oh. Okay, because I did a uh, prior to that, most of my narration had been YA fiction. So. <laughs> Very different. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And I also worked with one of my narration coaches prior to getting my first romances on a couple of the scenes. 
and one of the ones she really wanted to push me in new directions, and we worked on one that was definitely more of a, I'll say, probably more dark romance, uh, BDSM uh, <laughs> scenes, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh. But then I read the whole book to prepare for, like, working on any of those scenes and coaching, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of fun to read. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. I hope that you, <laughs> you like, jump in the pool, stay for as long as you want, stay forever. Did you worry that the, the sex scenes before reading the books were going to be just unrealistic? That's something that people who don't necessarily read romance novels come to a lot. Like, oh, they're just not realistic sex scenes. I don't think I'll find them sexy. I think that to a certain extent, I felt like maybe some scenes would be a little over-exaggerated or maybe that some scenes would be perhaps in situations that seemed not fully realistic, like things like certain settings where I'm like, okay, maybe some people actually do do that, but do they? (laughs) I don't know. Like I did one book where there was like an elevator scene and I was like, do do they? (laughs) I'm like, I wouldn't, but okay. Yeah, Yeah. suspend the disbelief. Too many mirrors in an elevator. Nobody knows that. (laughs) Um, And so you mentioned that you have certainly now doing a lot more of these romance Mm -hmm. levels, um, stepped into the steamier side of the pool. What has changed in your expectations on romance novels? Did you, what do you kind of look for in a novel that you're, they're going to narrate? Are there ones that you prefer not to engage with? I haven't done, I'll say a lot of dark romance, but my most second to most recent romance release that just came out was actually a dark fantasy romance. And as I was reading that, the first thing I saw before even starting to record it was they linked me to the author's website with all its trigger warnings. And I, it was a full, on my phone, it was a full page. Like, I think I had to scroll slightly to read all of them. And I was like, oh, okay. Because while some of the romances I've done have been, had their spicy scenes, I wouldn't call any of them particular like mm-hmm. nothing that to me was like oh okay but this was the first one where I was honestly a little worried um, I actually ended up hiring a narrator acquaintance of mine who also directs to um, work with me for a couple of hours on some of the scenes because it was my first one that had more than just the main female and the main male character it, it was um male mm-hmm. female male I wanted to make sure that I was doing honor to the text that I yeah. was keeping the male, the two male characters distinct enough that people knew who was talking and all of that. Now, though, like it just released, I think, last week or the week before, and I was really excited about it. Like, I think it's one of the best things I've narrated, honestly. Um, and I'm like, can I do more of this now? Like, I didn't think that I'd have enjoyed it as much as I did, but then I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Uh, it's called Feathers So Vicious by Liv Zander. It's a dreamscape media book amazing y'all go get it listen follow shana tell her to do more dark romance um (laughs) (laughs) are there 
genres. So you mentioned hockey, you mentioned dark, you mentioned sweet contemporary. Are there ones that are now on your bucket list, either because you think the narration would be cool, because the sex would be interesting, because it's just different from you? How has your kind of awareness and um, excitement to experience this genre evolved over the last few years? Well, I'm definitely interested in reading more dark romance, at least in the fantasy realm. I'm willing to give contemporary a try, but I need to actually give that a read (laughs) slash attempt before I'm like, yes, I am all in on that one. But fantasy, I'm like, okay, yeah. Because for me, the one that I just finished, I was almost like, oh, this kind of gives me Game of Thrones vibes. Cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can totally be down in that realm if it's darker. Other than that... Uh, my first two romance books were hockey romances in the same series. And honestly, I am all in on that hockey romance thing. I'd love to do more of those. I just had a conversation the other day with someone. I was reading a book and they said, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, gay hockey romance. And the look on their face is like, how is that even a genre? And I'm like, how is it not a genre? I mean, it's really popular. I know there was book talk drama recently over hockey romances and Uh, something to do with so I know there was a hockey team I think in Seattle that was really embracing the book talk community's obsession with hockey romance and then it kind of blew up with drama recently but so that was kind of fun to see but yeah there's that I want to do I don't see as much of this but I'd love to do one eventually like baseball romance I was a softball girl growing up, so I'm like, come on, give me baseball. (laughs) The ones that I found are mostly MM. Yeah. I mean, y'all, who's going to write the softball? Who's going to write the softball baseball crossover? Yes, maybe me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you. Maybe. For my listeners who haven't yet listened to my definitions episode, male, female, male is often shortened to MFM, and it indicates that the romance at the center or maybe the scene at the center contains two males and one female. Sometimes it's written MFM, meaning the female is the center focus. Sometimes it's written MMF, where the males also have sex with each other. MM, often male, male, indicates a romance novel or scene that is two men together. So if that is something that you're looking for, great Google search term, great thing to look for. Thank you, Shana, for giving our listeners the opportunity to learn a little bit more. And FM is female, male, not to be confused with the radio station or radio station type. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) FM. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember when I was first seeing things about FM, I was like, like radio? Like radio? What? And I'm like, oh, I get it now. NPR? No, not NPR. It is my like deep secret wish to like have Jace blow up and be a guest on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Like just, I feel like that would be so great. (laughs) Manifest that. (laughs) manifest peter sagal oh my goodness um i'm gonna change topics book talk (laughs) how has book talk uh affected you as a narrator or do you think romance novels or just readership in general i think as far as readership in general it's definitely given romance books in particular a lot of 
traction that they didn't necessarily have before. So I think it's becoming a lot more, maybe not more popular, but more socially acceptably popular, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I think before it was always like guilty pleasure, whereas now you see a lot more readers who are like, yeah, I read romance. This is what I like. I love that. That's one of yeah. the my favorite things happening right now. Yeah. Um, and especially these bigger publishers, just really diversifying. I don't know about you, but my first impression of romance novels before I really got into it was that the Fabio cover from like the 80s and 90s, where it's like mm-hmm. a shirtless man on a horse and a woman like reaching up to him. Um, and just unrealistic in both what was written and what was read. And so I'd love to just ask, has giving voice to the diverse group of humans that you have gotten to narrate changed how you interact um, with your partner or partners. Y'all don't ask Shana her love life. Let her let her be herself. Um, outside, has it affected the the words and the vocabulary and your confidence to talk about sex in your own life? Maybe a little. I feel like I'm a little bit more confident talking about it than I probably would have been before, but I don't know that it's necessarily changed my vocabulary a ton, Mm -hmm. but it has been kind of fun sometimes to be like, a lot of times before turning in a book, I'll listen through, maybe not to the whole book, but I'll spot check parts to be like, am I happy with how this is sounding? (laughs) Does this character sound okay? Did I go too far? I don't know. But sometimes with some of those spicy scenes, I'll be like, hey, dear, let's listen to this. See his yes. yes. Amazing. Y'all, partners, get in on this. If your <laughs> partner is interested in a book, you should read it. Thank you. What is it like when you read um, or how do you get into the mindset maybe of a character whose preferences are are not yours or whose vocabulary is not your vocabulary? There's the great like, what do we call a vagina debate? <laughs> and people have yeah. very strong opinions. <sighs> I think that's a little bit of a hard question to answer because it can kind of vary on the book and how things are written. Uh, for example, that um, dark fantasy romance I recently did, it was just so well written that even though I'm like, oh, I personally am not into asphyxiation play or blood play or sharing or any of that, but it was so well written that I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of hot. Like, I can picture this, I guess. <laughs> um, the big thing for me, I think, is just being like sinking into the character that I am portraying. Um, If you come out of it and start placing your own judgments on it as an actor, it can start to not be as connected for me as an actor, but also it affects the performance as well. So as long as I'm in the mindset of that character, even if I'm like, okay, well, that's not something I'd say or do, I can usually gloss right over that and be okay. Uh, There have been the occasional things, and I don't know that it's necessarily as much specifically the sex scenes, but sometimes it can be where I've had to pop my head out of the booth or use the uh, walkie-talkie feature on my Apple Watch if I'm home and go, hey, dear, how would you say this line to my (laughs) husband? Especially for some of the male characters where I'm like, I don't say, I I don't talk like this. And 
I can't figure, I'll do like five takes of a line. I'm like, this is sounding unnatural to me. Hey, dude in the house. <laughs> How do you say this? So do you mainly do audio where you are the sole narrator or have you worked with other narrators um, in dual points of view or even something that's coming up a lot more in the audiobook realm I'm noticing is full casts are are being used for some of these stories that are written specifically to be audio books. Yes, um, I have not done any romance full cast or duet, I would say, but I have done a lot of dual romance. Where you'll get a chapter and they'll get a chapter and you'll get a chapter and they'll get a chapter. Yeah, Yeah. because basically dual romance, it's when it's my chapter, I voice every character in that chapter. Mm -hmm. When it's his chapter or her chapter, if it's um, two females, but often it's in the romance genre. I've mostly seen it one female, one male or something but uh there are other variations then the other narrator gets um that whole chapter and voices everyone so i've done a fair amount of those and actually the uh i keep bringing up this one but the (laughs) romance i did was um myself and then two different male narrators do you have to work with them to make sure that your characters are aligned in how they speak or their mannerisms. Yeah, we do email beforehand. Um, or in some cases, I-, I did a series of more clean historical romance that was set in Colorado in the early 1900s to mid 1900s. And I actually worked with another Chicago based narrator on those. So we would Zoom together to talk about the different characters. And especially with that series, In the first book, uh, all of the children were whatever age they were in the first book, but the series then had each of those children as they grew up and found their love interest focused on them. So we specifically talked a lot about how are we going to change how we're voicing these characters now that they're 16, not five. (laughs) But it's a similar thing with all of the other books I've done, even if we're just emailing um, and sometimes we'll share voice notes or share a voice file via Dropbox to be like, this is how I'm voicing this character because it's important to kind of figure out what the other person is doing. There's no way when I am voicing a male character that I am actually going to sound like Like my male uh, narrator counterpart. Um, I can portray certain characteristics that a lot of male voices will have, where a lot of times one of the things is less pitch variation than I naturally have. I am a very melodic speaker. So I'll try to flatten that a bit or maybe lower my pitch a bit or get a bit of gravel or Mm -hmm. various things. So I'll try to keep in consideration what my male narrator counterpart sounds like, but I will never sound exactly like them. So the big thing that I'll communicate is, okay, so this character is going to be lower pitched than this character. They're going to be more laid back. They're going to be more staccato, more legato, more insert adjective (laughs) comparing it to how my natural go-to speaking voice sounds compared to various other things but if we don't do that you can end up with things and I know other narrators who have had this happen where there hasn't been a lot of communication and someone decides to give an accent to other characters that the other one didn't and then it's just weird that is my biggest pet peeve 
audiobook producers, directors, make sure that y'all put it together because that that's on you all. And also another thing to note is that a lot of the audiobooks you are listening to probably don't have a director. What? Mm -hmm. um, there are a few publishers, Penguin Random House for one. I haven't worked with them yet, but I know people who have where they typically do have a director. And some of the other bigger publishers will have directors for the books they're expecting to be higher profile. Mm -hmm. But for those other books, you often don't. So it's the narrators on their own giving the best performance they think they can alone in their little likely four foot by four foot or so box. Cubicle. Uh, yeah. And being like, I hope that this is coming across the way I hope it should. But yeah. Amazing. So like shout out to all my audiobook narrators who are giving life to these humans like on your own. Thank you for for all of that. What are some of your favorite things about narrating romance novels? And I know you've said over the last few years that you've gravitated more toward that. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. because you kick ass at it. I don't know if it's because that's where the the industry is going or if that's a personal choice, you're just getting referral after referral. But what are some of your favorite things about for this new turn in the books that you're doing? Well, I think one of the things that I really like is I feel like romance novels in general offer a lot in the way of female empowerment and uh, representation because a lot of times a lot of other books won't... <laughs> Uh, how do I say this? <laughs> Where, pause. <laughs> well, <I think. laughs> Don't want to offend anybody. Uh, in other genres, there are there's definitely still a lot of female empowerment out there. But I feel like romance just really focuses, I'll say specific genres of romance really focus on the female experience. Because obviously when you have um, MM romance, that's not the case. But, <laughs> but the traditional romance, it definitely does. And I've seen a lot more representation of people of all sorts coming out of it. Another book that I'm really excited about that I just recorded hasn't released yet, but it's called <sighs> A Little Magic by Lindsay Lanza. It's not particularly spicy, but it has it's really sweet. A hockey player, but you don't really see a ton of him while he's playing hockey. But the main female character is struggling with her lupus throughout, like, childhood through her adulthood and kind of an overbearing mother. And also there's the whole interfaith relationship happening there because she's Jewish, the guy is not. Um, so you just see a lot of that. So for me, as the Jewish girl, I was like, yay, I get to do a, a Hanukkah romance instead of a Christmas romance. Now, I love my Christmas romances, too grew up interfaith household so my family celebrates both so I'm like yay double holidays but uh I was excited to actually get to do a Hanukkah romance but that's I think something that is really important to recognize is the the transition from what typically was considered romance which is like a white dude and a white woman who are probably Christian and like don't have any problems just get together and they're having 18 orgasms from straight up penetration. And, and I think that one of the great things about bringing romance novels 
into this new this new era that they're really we're really feeling like we don't have to hide them if we're reading them i know a lot of people who like well i only read romance novels out in public if they're on a kindle or on my phone and because it was shameful or you know you don't want to talk about sex or like read about it and and it it's really become this thing that is inclusive to to so many. There are so many romance novels giving voice to uh, different races, different religions, mm-hmm. different preferences, mental health, and how that affects you, different body types, um, and kind of the the evolution and the the great spectrum that is humanity's sexuality, sexual preference. And I'm so excited that you as a narrator get to see that in the books that are coming through because you get them before we do. Yes. Damn it. You get them before we do. But <laughs> not always. <laughs> not always, but close enough. And it it's it just goes to show that there is um room for everyone on this table. It gets I get so excited when I see uh, a Hanukkah or uh, a Diwali mm-hmm. romance. And one of my favorite books, I'm gonna talk about this book like forever. Because I can talk about it on the podcast, you're never going to see it on the blog because it's not, there's no uh, explicit sex in this book. But y'all read The Charm Offensive. It is an incredible book. It is an MM focused romance, but it deals with asexuality. It deals with depression. It deals with lots of other queer and heterosexual couples. It looks at just kind of the romance industry as a whole, as well as our expectations on it. So I cannot stress that that book really opened my eyes to really how beautiful it is when we include everyone in it. I'm sorry that you can't be a part of it because it is an MM-focused romance. <laughs> no, and I I just, I also love there is so much of more of a push now in the audiobook narration community or publishing community to get own voices for narrating. I know in that uh, clean historical romance series I did, there was one book where one of the main characters was a Chinese immigrant. The two narrators who had been working with me prior to that were both very white cis male. We made sure to go out and get a different narrator who would best fit the main male protagonist. I love that. It's so important to, I think, um, as a consumer, I would want to have the person who's trying to voice someone like me be someone like me. Mm -hmm. And I love that those opportunities are really being prioritized so that not only like, oh, well, we have a story and they like say they're black. So shouldn't that be enough? But like a person can give that voice and that meaning in a different way. And when a, a listener, a consumer of the audiobook hears that voice or looks at that person, they see themselves represented. And mm-hmm. in in this Western world, a lot of times we we don't talk about sex. We don't talk about sex in a positive way. We certainly don't talk about women having sex in a positive way. And there are communities that are, you know, on one end of the spectrum, maybe they're a little bit more open and there are communities that are a little bit more closed. And so making sure that everybody in this genre has that representation is so exciting. And I'm so excited that you got to be the the Jewish girl in a Hanukkah romance. I cannot wait for that to come out. Yeah, absolutely. I, oh, man. How big is my to be red pile? How big? 
the yeah i'm also just like i can see right now i'm also working on and i'll be working on about one book a month for the next year a series a romance series that was written in the 1970s so it's been interesting going back and forth between the 1970s romance and the contemporary romance i'm like things have definitely changed and grown as yes. a oh my goodness what was your biggest like surprise going back to that um i think one of the things for me was just the clearly generational mindset <laughs> i'll say like I, I the books themselves like i know people enjoyed these back in the day it's a very popular author um who apparently wrote another full series back in the 2010s i haven't read any of those so i don't know how her writing as an author changed so today we still have there are a lot of tropes obviously we have enemies to lovers fake dating blah 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 all that <laughs> there are so many secretary boss relationships in these <laughs> so there were a lot where i'm like okay so there is one with a snowstorm it was set in chicago and a secretary and her boss and then they were snowed in and had to snuggle for warmth but then it was in just chicago? Some of the, uh yes in a building in chicago um because <laughs> uh, it was a blizzard and the power went out so great <laughs> um but it was just then there were a lot of different things with power dynamics mm-hmm. that now look and I that those are hard for me to narrate because I want to make sure I'm doing them justice. But there are certain aspects of those books that are a little cringy to me at times or a little bit. I'm like, ooh, power dynamics, rapey, don't like this. I have to do my best to uh, not put my own judgment on it Yeah, as I'm narrating it because there are people who like those books or people who are older now listening back to books that they were reading back in the day and I don't want to be judging them for the romance books they like yeah I think I'm so excited to now I need to know that series and you can tell me offline but the the idea that we're we we should celebrate where where we came from like yeah those books are so cringy there's one that I am I still haven't been able to finish it I will, I promise, because y'all, y'all need to like get through this book with me. But it was written in the 90s and I was like, oh man, y'all, like so much about this is just weird. And it is now weird to think about it and the way that hopefully we interact with the world is much better. And, but I, I think there also has to be a, a let's celebrate that these books these books arrive, they, these books walked so that we could run <laughs> to Absolutely. mix all of my metaphors. Yeah, 100%. No, and I actually thought of another thing that uh, some of my first spicier, and not as spicy as the dark fantasy romance, <laughs> were my first, uh, one of my first, like, outside of, um, like, rom-com, sweet mm. romance world. There was a series that I was very skeptical about when I first started reading it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it because I'm getting paid to do this. And sure, I'll take the work. And I ended up actually really liking it. 
was an accidental pregnancy romance series. And okay, I was like, then. okay, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about this. Yeah. And then I actually was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, these are actually really well written and enjoyable and I can really relate to these characters. So cool. I think that makes a huge difference with tropes. So y'all give tropes a chance and there are for every like 10 that are terribly written or maybe like 20 there that are terribly written. There are ones out there that are the exception to the rule. And so whether or not you like office romance or boss secretary or dark mafia or fake dating <laughs> whatever trope you kind of always bat your eye at look for the good one um and if you need recommendations check out the blog jcreadsromance.com where i post the good ones and the really bad ones and the medium ones so <laughs> check out that blog but we are coming into time and we have a few we the royal we i have a few questions that i like to ask all of my guests before they head out what is your favorite romance novel oh that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> um Jeez. I have like 10 favorites. List them all. Okay. And full disclosure, a lot of these are ones that I have narrated. Uh, dun, dun, because dun, dun. Um, while I do read romance outside of my narration, I have to be in the right mood to do so. So. Mm -hmm. In the past several years, most of the romance I've read has been because I've been narrating it. <laughs> um, just because then when I'm not narrating it, sometimes I'm like, I need a good sci-fi or I need something else. Mm -hmm. But I think some of my favorites, and this one is one that I did not narrate, is called Meant to Be by Melody Grace. Mm -hmm. um, then onto the ones I did narrate, I really liked Feather So Vicious by Liv Zander. I liked Weight of Regret by K.K. Allen, A Little Magic by Lindsay Lanza, um, one that's coming out in October, uh, Per My Last Email by Juliana Smith. Not all of these are super spicy, but most of them have at least <laughs> a little bit. Just so. <laughs> Sorry, people who like a lot of spice. Not all of these will be for you. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, We I think all those carry are the, multitudes. Yes. I think those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head, but there are definitely others. I feel like my favorite tends to be the one that I am working on at that time <laughs> in many cases. So ask me in that. two weeks and that will change. Amazing. Um, where slash how do you prefer to read? Do you prefer to read a book, Kindle, uh, ebook? Do you like to listen to audiobooks? All of the above, I will read in any format. I think my preferred is typically a paper book. I mm -hmm. really like that. I don't always do that as much anymore, though. It's often that I'll have an ebook with me because it's easier if I'm on the train or if I'm waiting for an audition to start at a theater where I can have 
an ebook handy instead of having to pull out a paper book. But mm-hmm. I do also listen to audiobooks. So there are a lot of those I enjoy as well. So yeah, my answer is all of the above, which is all a non answer, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, live your truth. So what does comfy sexy mean to you? I mean, for me, it's probably like running around in a sports bra and comfy shorts or comfy pajama pants, depending on the time of year. (laughs) If it's cold, full pants. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. (laughs) When do you feel your sexiest? Honestly, probably when I'm getting the chance to narrate some of these scenes that are different from how I'd personally necessarily approach things because I'm like oh like really embracing these out of the ordinary I'll say situations so a lot of times it'll be like oh yeah I really enjoyed that scene now I'm feeling <laughs> that now I'm feeling <laughs> but I'm it. like is the husband home <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so what is um one thing that you would want to share with women about sex, sexuality, romance novels, um, like what is your one soapbox thing? Don't judge. Um, everyone has their different preferences as with both romance novels or in the real world. And don't judge. Just don't. <laughs> that's a very uneloquent way of saying that. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly that what needs to be said. Yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of people who do judge people for various things, whether it's um, their preferences in romance, if they like um, dark romance, if they like different tropes. There's a lot of drama around that real world, of course, people who judge people for their sexuality and preferences there. And it's like, why? Just don't judge that. You like what you like. You love who you love. Embrace that. And if you don't want to read something, don't read it, but don't judge others for reading it or listening. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, Shana, where can our listeners find you, follow you, get in touch with you? Uh, well, definitely Audible or any platform with audiobooks. You can look up my name, Shana Somerville. As far as social media, I have a Facebook business page, uh, Shana Somerville. Uh, which I will usually share my new releases. Uh, Same thing on my Instagram, which is also at Shana Somerville. And I have a TikTok that I haven't been very active on. I keep meaning to be more active, but you can feel free to connect with me there. And hopefully at some point I will have more spoons to post on TikTok, but I'm always like, I can't (laughs) come up with ideas. (laughs) So, but I have it. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Shana. Um, please follow, find her audiobooks, give rate and review for her and for this podcast if you had a nice time. <laughs> you can get updates for Jace Reads Romance at Jace, J-A-Y-C-E, readsromance.com, as well as Instagram, TikTok, and the dreaded X. Have an incredible day. This is Jace holding space for you. that's it for today, y'all. 
This has been a Three Paws Productions podcast. You can find Jace and so much more at jacereadsromance.com. That's J-A-Y-C-E readsromance.com. Follow along on TikTok and Instagram at jacereadsromance. And if you'd like to send an email, our email address is jace at jacereadsromance.com. To leave a voicemail with a question or testimonial for a future episode, call and leave a message at 661-JACE-RR. That's 661-529-2377. And finally, like and subscribe so you can get every episode when they drop. And remember, this is Chase holding space for you.